The following is a production of the University of Minnesota, driven to discover. Hi, this is David Arendale, your host for the Peer Group Library Podcast. Thanks for spending some time with us today. In this podcast episode, we begin a three-part series on publications related to serving the needs of academically disadvantaged students through peer study groups. Each episode will focus on about 30 of the more than 100 publications on this topic from my annotated bibliography of 11 national and international models for peer learning programs. I have several synthetic AI voices that will be providing the narration. Marcus will provide the citation to the publication. Olivia and Aria will narrate the summary of the publication. A copy of the topic for these podcast episodes is attached as a transcript to the podcast. If available, the transcript will contain links to online versions of the publications when they're available. The complete annotated bibliography of all 2,000 publications in the annotated bibliography is available at my website, https slash slash z dot umn dot edu slash peerbib. Also available at that webpage are separate bibliographies by topic and peer learning model. Well, we'll now start with Marcus providing the citation of the first publication that shares results of peer learning programs with effectiveness with students that are academically disadvantaged. Thanks for listening today. Akat Mendez and Fuso Johnson and Shepler, 2020. Learning, Leaders, and STEM Skills, Adaptation of the Supplemental Instruction Model to Improve STEM Education and Build Transferable Skills in Undergraduate Courses and Beyond. Journal of STEM Education, Innovations and Research, 22. Georgia Gwinnett College, an access institution serving the most diverse student body of Southeast Colleges, was awarded National Science Foundation and University System of Georgia STEM Education Improvement Grants in order to help our students meet the evolving needs of STEM education. One of the initiatives emerging from these resources is the Peer Supplemental Instruction SI, program, a modified model of the traditional SI program. SI is a well-documented high-impact practice in higher education that engenders collaborative learning among students. Since SI was not available on campus, STEM faculty developed and mentored the current SI program with the aim to support students as they transitioned from high school to college. SI is thus offered to students in the Gateway courses for biology, chemistry, mathematics, and information technology majors, and study sessions incorporate a variety of STEM skills, thereby increasing opportunities for students to engage in and develop STEM competencies. In the last year, SI attendance was recorded at 4,123 interactions. Assessment of academic performance of these students suggests that participation increased course GPA, particularly in students entering college with low high school GPAs, N equals 1239. Moreover, student attitudes towards STEM learning improved and peer students serving as leaders also benefited, based on their reports on the development of professional skills, including flexibility, scientific communication, and organization, which are critical to success in college and STEM careers. We present an innovative adaptation of the SI program that can be adopted by STEM faculty and may be particularly useful to institutions serving underprepared populations. Anchor, 1991 Supplemental Instruction, an answer for the at-risk student in a high-risk course. 
Master of Arts thesis, Calvin College, Grand Rapids, Michigan. This research paper studied the use of supplemental instruction, SI, during spring 1991 at Calvin College in Grand Rapids, MI. Areas for study included final course grades for at-risk students and relationships among the level of SI attendance, academic ability, and final course grades. Special admitted risk students were the focus of the study. A study skills class was paired with a content course, e.g., History 101, in fall 1990, to provide academic assistance for students. The at-risk students were required to enroll in the non-credit course. Thirteen special admit students from fall 1990 were enrolled in the paired class. In spring 1991, seven special admit students instead participated in SI, rather than being enrolled in a paired study skills class. There was no significant difference regarding final course grades. Individual SI attendance for SI ranged from 3 to 17 for the 18 sessions offered during spring 1991. The mean average was 8.7 sessions. There was a positive correlation between higher levels of attendance and higher academic achievement. The researcher suggested that SI was more helpful to participating students than a paired study skills course. Armature, 2019 a quasi-experimental study of the effect of supplemental instruction on course completion and persistence at a two-year college. Ph.D. Dissertation, North Central University, San Diego, California. The efficacy of supplemental instruction was investigated in this study. The problem addressed by this study is the lack of course completion and persistence for at-risk community college students. The purpose of this quantitative quasi-experimental study, which was informed by the student integration and student involvement theories espoused by Tinto and Aston, was to examine the effect of an academic support program, supplemental instruction, on the final course grade, and persistence to the subsequent semester of at-risk students in college-level gatekeeper courses at a small southeastern Texas college. This study addressed two research questions, one, what, if any, difference exists in final course grades in gatekeeper courses for at-risk students who participate in supplemental instruction, and those who do not participate in supplemental instruction, and two, what, if any, difference exists in persistence to the subsequent semester for at-risk students who participate in supplemental instruction, and those who do not participate in supplemental instruction. The study population was at-risk two-year college students enrolled in gatekeeper courses. Most data was collected at the end of the fall 2017 and fall 2018 semesters and included final course grades, attendance and supplemental instruction, age, gender, race, college status, and socioeconomic status. Persistence data was collected on the 12th class day in the subsequent semesters. The results from data analysis demonstrated there was no statistically significant difference in final course grades or persistence between the treatment and control groups. By investigating the effect of supplemental instruction in two-year colleges, higher education leaders have additional information on which to make decisions about continuing supplemental instruction programs. While the findings of this study contradicted current literature, it highlights the need for additional quantitative studies in two-year colleges with larger student populations. Armstrong, Power, Cody, and Dormer, 2011 Video-Based Supplemental Instruction Creating Opportunities for At-Risk Students Undertaking Engineering Mathematics Journal of Peer Learning, 4, 1, 3-15 www.ro.uow.edu.eu slash AJPL slash vol 4 slash ISS 1 slash 3 slash at the University of Western Sydney, Awas, Australia, the Peer Assisted Study Sessions, PASS program has been very successful. 
PASS is based on the Supplemental Instruction SI, model. Video-based Supplemental Instruction SI, provides a more intensive and integrated learning experience based on collaborative processing of pre-recorded lectures for students who lack the prerequisite knowledge to successfully complete the course. Quantitative and qualitative evaluation methods were used to study the effectiveness of SI with at-risk students enrolled in engineering mathematics. In three of the comparison student groups, the PSI students outperformed peers attending a traditional course. The at-risk PSI participants performed at nearly the same level as the non-at-risk students attending the traditional lecture course. The main themes that emerged from the PSI participants were increase in confidence, higher understanding of content, positive attitudes towards learning and math in particular, and improved study habits and learning strategies. Barham, 2001 a Supplemental Learning Assistance Model for Developmental Learners In Farmer and Barham, EDS, Selected Models of Developmental Education Programs in Higher Education, pages 167 to 183. Lanham, New York, University Press of America This chapter provides a comprehensive overview of the Supplemental Instruction, SI, program. After providing a short history of developmental education in American higher education, the book chapter reviews the theoretical framework for SI, program organization, procedures for SI sessions, and a selected review of research concerning outcomes of the SI program for SI participants in the institution. Barlow, Dreyfus, Sears, Bonham, Clark, Moon, and Young, 2012. PLTL in the Developmental Writing Classroom. Conference Proceedings of the Peer-Led Team Learning International Society Inaugural Conference, Brooklyn, New York Writing placement exam preparation can be broken down into small tasks overseen by peer leaders, following, though not precisely, patterns set out by Fred Keller and Goodbye Teacher in 1968. The mechanical aspect of writing, however, is never enough for the production of essays that communicate, something that requires audience and a desire to speak. Students in developmental classrooms often have problems beyond the writing itself. They may be test-shy and may not be prepared to take on even college-entry tasks without careful direction. Working with peer leaders, the developmental program can address the problems of mechanics and testing demands, the peer leaders taking on some of the responsibility for guiding students through the tasks. PLTL can also help address the broader problems of preparation for college and even for critical thinking, the peer leaders serving as role models. The pilot program at New York City College of Technology, CUNY, was discussed. Beamer, Spoon, He, Fan, and Levine. 2018, Ensemble Learning for Estimating Individualized Treatment Effects in Student Success Studies. International Journal of Artificial Intelligence Education, 28, 3, 315-335. Student success efficacy studies are aimed at assessing instructional practices and learning environments by evaluating the success of and characterizing student subgroups that may benefit from such modalities. We propose an ensemble learning approach to perform these analytics tasks with specific focus on estimating individualized treatment effects, IT. IT are a measure from the personalized medicine literature that can, for each student, quantify the impact of the intervention strategy on student performance, even though the given student either did or did not experience this intervention, i.e., is either in the treatment group or in the control group. We illustrate our learning analytics methods in the study of a supplemental instruction component for a large enrollment introductory statistics course recognized as a curriculum bottleneck at San Diego State University. 
As part of this application, we show how the ensemble estimate of the IDE may be used to assess the pedagogical reform, supplemental instruction, advise students into supplemental instruction at the beginning of the course, and quantify the impact of the supplemental instruction component on at-risk subgroups. Burkitt, Neff, and Desham, 2017 Low High School GPA, Another Reason to Try SI Supplemental Instruction Journal, 3, 1, 24-37 the purpose of this project was to investigate the effect of participation in supplemental instruction, SI, on first-year students' academic performance, after controlling for relevant non-programmatic factors. Student academic performance was compared in quartiles determined by high school core grade point average, HS core GPA. A total of 2,436 student SI participants and non-participants were matched based on six academic readiness and demographic covariates. The results reveal that SI participants had significantly higher course grade averages and passing rates compared to non-participants. Participants in the lowest HS core GPA quartile had the largest gains in course grade, with the largest effect size when compared to matched non-participants. The results of this study suggest that first-year students with low HS core GPA may experience the greatest benefit of SI participation. Bowles and Jones 2003 an analysis of the effectiveness of supplemental instruction, the problem of selection bias and limited dependent variables. Journal of College Student Retention, 5, 2, 235-243. This article extends beyond the usual reliance upon single equation regression models to evaluate supplemental instruction, SI, and employs a simultaneous equation, limited dependent variable evaluation model. Results of the research study at Utah State University at Logan suggest that students with below-average academic ability are more likely to attend SI and that common measures of student ability included in single-equation models fail to adequately control for this characteristic. The author suggests that the older evaluation models have underestimated the effectiveness of SI. Boylan, Bonham, and Bliss 1992 National Study of Developmental Education Students Programs and Institutions of Higher Education Boone, North Carolina, National Center for Developmental Education Through a grant from the Exxon Education Foundation, the National Center for Developmental Education conducted the most extensive study of developmental education. The 1989-1992 study included 116 institutions representing a wide diversity of types. More than 6,000 students were subjects of the longitudinal study. The purpose of the study was to determine what is actually done in developmental education, to explore whether or not developmental programs actually contribute to student success, and, if so, to identify what types of programs and services have the greatest impact upon student success. Among the list of instructional factors related to student success, supplemental instruction, SI, is one of the items. Other items listed were Mastery level performance, frequent testing, immediate feedback, required remediation, individualized instruction, lab activities, integrated teaching of critical thinking skills, and close proximity of classrooms and support services. Brock, L., 2003. Effect of Supplemental Instruction on Academic Performance of Community College Students. Master of Arts Thesis, California State University, Stanislaus, C.A. This study examined the potential impact of supplemental instruction, SI, with public community college students enrolled at Modesto Junior College, California. 
the analysis included both the level of involvement in SI as measured through sessions attended, as well as the pre-entry attributes of the students, prior academic achievement, prerequisite course grades, interest, and self-efficacy. Nine sections of the following courses which offered SI were selected for the study. College Algebra, Elementary Statistics, Elementary Algebra, English Basic Composition and Reading. Voluntary participation in SI ranged from one-third to two-thirds of the classes in the nine course sections. In nearly all the courses both the decision of participate in SI and the number of times that SI sessions attended were found to be statistically significant with higher final course grades. In several sections there were no statistically significant differences between SI and non-SI participants. The pre-entry attributes of the students did not significantly contribute to higher grades. The researcher made several recommendations for further research, including a study of the impact of early participation in SI, rather than waiting until later in the academic term. There are no reported studies of SI that have evaluated this variable for its possible impact on student grades in the course. Bushway, S.D., and Flower, S.M., 2002. Helping Criminal Justice Students Learn Statistics, a Quasi-Experimental Evaluation of Learning Assistance. Journal of Criminal Justice Education, 13, 1, 35-57. This article describes a quasi-experimental study of the use of supplemental instruction, SI, in a statistics course taken by students enrolled in criminal justice and criminology at a large public university. Three other modifications were made in the class. 1. Participation in SI was mandatory for at-risk students and voluntary for all others in the class. 2. Offering web-based quizzes and 3. Mandatory lecture class attendance for at-risk students. SI and the quizzes contributed to increased success of students, while the mandatory attendance did not have an apparent effect. The intent of the online quizzes was to increase reading of the textbook. Campbell, M. L., 2002. Supplemental Instruction Academic Assistance Within Pennsylvania's ACT 101 Program for Disadvantaged Students, Dissertation, University of Pittsburgh, 2001. Dissertation Abstracts International, 62, 12, 4083. Supplemental Instruction, SI, is a specialized form of group academic support developed to increase student performance and retention by proactively integrating study skills acquisition strategies into voluntary out-of-class sessions targeting content from high-risk courses, Martin and Arendale, 1993. SI features faculty partnerships, sessions focused upon peer collaborative learning, SI leaders who attend class lectures, and ongoing assessment, Martin and Arendale, 1994. To determine how to foster SI academic assistance within programming like Pennsylvania's Act 101 Initiative for Disadvantaged Students, this study determined the differences in perceptions of SI between Act 101 tutorial coordinators with established SI programs and those who may potentially start new SI programs. A self-administered questionnaire was developed by the researcher using current SI literature and mailed to each of the state's Act 101 program tutorial coordinators. Of the 79 subjects, 56-71% returned completed questionnaires. Though 27% of the Act 101 tutorial coordinators were unaware of SI, 46% reported familiarity with and usage of the model. Act 101 SI efforts were characterized as small in scale, nascent in development, and lacking many recommended elements of the SI model, e.g., faculty partnership. Act 101 tutorial coordinators lacking SI programs, yet aware of the potential, tended to underestimate the benefits of such programming like the emphasis on high-risk courses, integration of study skills, and lack of remedial stigma.
Moreover, they tended to overestimate the difficulty associated with overcoming challenges to program administration like program costs and recruiting students to SI sessions. However, most ACT 101 tutorial coordinators valued similar program characteristics such as promoting student persistence and meeting academic needs as influencing the use of SI. Finally, perceived limitations in program funding, professional supervision, and campus support emerged as the most prevalent issues impeding the expansion of SI within Act 101. Carr, A. R., 2002. A study to determine the effect of a university's supplemental instruction program on retention. Masters of Arts thesis, Northern State University. The topic to be investigated in the study was whether regular use of supplemental instruction, SI, by at-risk freshman students during the fall semester of 2001 at Northern State University, South Dakota, would result in an increase in persistence from the fall semester of 2001 to the fall semester of 2002 when compared to freshman students who were also at risk but did not regularly use SI. Courses supported by the SI program included principles of sociology, history of Western civilization to general chemistry, general psychology, American government, and biology survey. All students in the study met the income guidelines of federal TRIO programs for designation as at-risk by being economically disadvantaged and or first-generation college. To be considered a SI participant, a threshold was established of attending four or more sessions during the academic term. The results favored the SI participants as they persisted at a rate of 59%, as compared with a peer group who persisted at a rate of 52%. Carter Hansen and Gadbury Amiat 2016, Implementing Supplemental Instruction Online to Create Success in High-Stakes Coursework for Predoctoral Dental Students. Supplemental Instruction Journal, 2, 1, 53-75 there is a critical shortage of culturally diverse dental practitioners in the United States. In addition, many underrepresented minority, ERM, and disadvantaged students have difficulty with the course material needed to pursue a dental degree. One strategy for helping students achieve higher grades and persist in difficult coursework is the implementation of supplemental instruction, SI. The purpose of this study was to describe the outcomes of using SI online for the first time as part of the University of Missouri-Kansas City School of Dentistry's UMKC-SOD Admissions Enhancement Program, EAP. The EAP program was designed to provide ERM and disadvantaged pre-dental students with increased academic skills training in biology, chemistry, organic chemistry, and math via online modules. Students met with their SI leader three times per week at a specified time in a synchronous format to review course material, problem-solve, and work collaboratively with fellow classmates. Twelve ERM and disadvantaged students participated in the EAP from 2011 to 2014, for a total of 48. Success in the EAP was measured by an increase the student's dental admission test, DAT, score, and admission to dental school. At the end of each year's program, students completed a survey regarding all aspects of the EAP. The study found that EAP students who were admitted to dental school had a significantly higher DAT score than those students who were not admitted. Students also reported that the required time for SI sessions and test-taking instruction helped them prepare for the DAT. Over 72% of students responded favorably that SI contributed to their success in the EAP and to taking the DAT. Students reported that attending the SI sessions helped them work through problems in the course material. This study found evidence that SI is a viable strategy for helping ERM and disadvantaged students be successful in high-stakes courses needed to move forward and pursue health profession degrees. SI sessions were conducted using Blackboard Collaborate, a synchronous two-way audio-video platform, allowing online users to meet in real time. 
Prior to starting the online modules, students and SI leaders completed an online training session for navigating the Blackboard Collaborate interface. Upon completion of the training sessions, students were given access to the module material 24-7. Carter Hansen 2014, the outcomes of an innovative hybrid pre-dental admission enhancement program among underrepresented minority and disadvantaged students. Ph.D. Dissertation, University of Missouri-Kansas City. This study examined the outcomes of a hybrid pre-dental admission enhancement program, EEP, with regard to the dental admissions test, DAT, scores, admission rates, and satisfaction among underrepresented and or disadvantaged students at the University of Missouri School of Dentistry, UMKC SOD. Additionally, data from 48 students who completed the EEP from years 2011 to 2014 were evaluated regarding their experience participating in the EEP. The program's unique hybrid design provided both a residential and online experience. The on-site experience exposed students to critical skills training encompassing time management, essay writing, learning styles, study skills, test-taking skills, test anxiety, reading skills, and mentoring with the dental school application process. Students were able to prepare a rough draft of the dental school application essay and receive faculty feedback. This enabled students to have a well-written essay for their application. Additionally, EEP students participated in hands-on lab exercises and shadowed dental students providing patient care in the clinic. Technology allowed students to access the academic content of the EEP, including math, chemistry, organic chemistry and biology, 24-7 in an asynchronous format. Students were also mentored by Supplemental Instructors, SI, from the International Center for Supplemental Instruction, ICSI, three times per week in live synchronous sessions through Blackboard Collaborate support. Students were asked to complete a program evaluation, which posed questions in a five-point Likert scale format ranging from one equal strongly disagree to five equal strongly agree, has yes-no questions, and allows for student comments. Frequency statistics, Pearson correlations and regression model were used for statistical analysis of the data. All tests were conducted at P0.05 or less, with a group of 48 students. Students admitted to dental school are continually monitored throughout their dental education until graduation. Cox. 2006, an investigation of the effects of interventions on problem-solving strategies and abilities. Ph.D. dissertation, Clemson University, Clemson, South Carolina. This dissertation investigated a number of interventions for improving student academic performance in science courses. One of the interventions considered was peer-led team learning, PLTL. Results were mixed concerning its effectiveness with students. Complications of the analysis were caused by student choice regarding participation. The researcher speculated the PLTL worked with students who had lower academic preparation than the comparison student population. Problem-solving has been described as being the heart of the chemistry classroom, and students' development of problem-solving skills is essential for their success in chemistry. Despite the importance of problem-solving, there has been little research within the chemistry domain, largely because of the lack of tools to collect data for large populations. Problem-solving was assessed using a software package known as IMEX for interactive multimedia exercises, which is an HTML tracking feature that allows for collection of problem-solving data in the background as students work the problems. The primary goal of this research was to develop methods, known as interventions, that could promote improvements in students' problem-solving, and most notably aid in their transition from the novice to competent level. Three intervention techniques that were incorporated within the chemistry curricula, collaborative grouping, face-to-face -face and distance, concept mapping, and peer-led team learning.
The face-to-face -face collaborative grouping intervention was designed to probe the factors affecting the quality of the group interaction. Students' logical reasoning abilities were measured using the Group Assessment of Logical Thinking GALT, test, which classifies students as formal, transitional, or concrete. These classifications essentially provide a basis for identifying scientific aptitude. These designations were used as the basis for forming collaborative groups of two students. The six possibilities, formal, 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 transitional, etc., were formed to determine how the group composition influences the gains in student abilities observed from collaborative grouping interventions. Students were given three assignments, an individual pre-collaborative, an individual post-collaborative, and a collaborative assignment, each requiring them to work an IMEX problem set. Similar gains in performance of 10% gains were observed for each group with two exceptions. The transitional students who were paired with concrete students had a 15% gain, and the concrete students paired with other concrete students had only a marginal gain. In fact, there was no statistical difference in the pre-collaborative and post-collaborative student abilities for concrete-concrete groups. The distance collaborative intervention was completed using a new interface for the IMEX software, designed to mimic face-to-face -face collaboration. A stereochemistry problem set which had a solve rate of 28% prior to collaboration was chosen for incorporation into this distance collaboration study. Dalton and Saxon 2013, The Effects of Supplemental Instruction on Developmental Reading, Part 1 Research in Developmental Education, 25, 1, 1-6 This article is Part 1 of two-part examining the effect of supplemental instruction, SI, with developmental reading. Part 1 provides an overview of SI and describes the study and methods employed in conducting the research concerning the use of SI with developmental reading. Dalton and Saxon 2013, The Effects of Supplemental Instruction on Developmental Reading, Part 2 Research in Developmental Education, 25, 2, 1-6 this article reports the results, discussion, and conclusions of the study of supplemental instruction, SI, with developmental reading courses. The pass rate for the SI-supported developmental reading courses was 5 percentage points higher than for non-SI-supported courses. There was not a statistically significant difference between the pass rates of the SI and non-SI groups. There also was no statistically significant differences between the two groups regarding final course grades, Voluntary attendance practices with the traditional use of SI are not effective with less motivated students enrolled in developmental reading. It does not appear that SI is cost-effective for use in developmental reading courses. Doyle and Hooper 1997 Structured Learning Assistance Project Final Report Fall Semester 1996 Winter Semester 1997 Unpublished Manuscript Ferris State University Big Rapids, Michigan. Eric Database. Ed 425772. Initiated in 1994, Structured Learning Assistance, SLA, is a research project whose purpose is to determine if, for certain courses, grades can be improved by requiring students to attend weekly practice workshops. These SLA workshops assist students in developing the background needed to connect to the course content and to develop and apply the learning strategies most appropriate to the content area. This report details the three-year findings of the SLA project, as well as findings for all students who participated in it during the 1996-1997 academic year, with a focus on minority students. Results indicated that SLA can significantly improve student pass rates, even for at-risk students. 
In nearly 85% of the 42 courses offered with SLA support, the SLA students had higher pass rates than those of all other university students taking the same courses. This improvement was especially marked in the mathematics courses, where the average pass rate increased anywhere from 24 to 45 percent. Student evaluations of the SLA project are included. Appended are minority and total student data for fall 1996 and winter 1997, statistics on the project's three-year averages, and pass rate by subject area. Duplui. 1999, VSI Partnerships and the Transformation of Education in South Africa. Conference Proceedings of the First National Conference on Supplemental Instruction and Video-Based Supplemental Instruction, Kansas City, Missouri. The issue of partnerships between public and private institutions has been generating a great deal of interest in recent years in South Africa. One example of the development of a private-public partnership in higher education is that of the Academic Development Program, Video-Based Supplemental Instruction, SI. This paper examines the introduction of SI to South African institutions, in particular the establishment of a partnership which has evolved to drive this project, and how the SI program has proved successful as an alternative route into higher education for severely underprepared students, rather than requiring students to take additional time and spend limited tuition dollars to enroll in remedial courses, students are able to concurrently develop learning strategies while enrolled in rigorous college-level courses. Eckerd and Higman 2002, Breaking the Rules, Mandatory SI for Developmental Readers Conference Proceedings of the National Association for Developmental Education, Orlando, Florida This article describes the use of supplemental instruction, SI, for developmental readers at Frostburg State University, MD. The students enrolled for a block of three courses, reading, a choice from several general education courses that are reading intensive, history, psychology, or sociology, and a section of freshman orientation that emphasize the development of study strategies. These students participated in a mandatory SI laboratory session each week to develop successful reading and study skills. Final course grades favor the SI participants in the history and sociology courses, but not in psychology. Elder and Jacobs 2015, Identification and Support of At-Risk Students Using a Case Management Model Journal of Professional Nursing, 31-3-247-253 This study evaluated a program to identify and support students at risk for failure in nursing courses or NCLEXRN. A case management model, CMM, was implemented to provide assessment of and support for 183 Bachelor of Science in Nursing students, 83 were identified as at risk by the CMM criteria. The CMM involved student self-evaluation and grade assessment of prerequisite and nursing courses. Science course grades were all found to be significantly higher for those students who passed NCLEXRN on the first attempt than those who did not. Admission GPA was significant, T equals 2.443, P equals 0.018. Using a motivated strategies for learning questionnaire for self-evaluation, at-risk students rated their performance in nursing courses higher in every area than the non-at-risk student group, significantly higher for self-efficacy, T equals 2.829, P equals 0.005, and metacognition, T equals 2.426, P equals 0.016. Neither task value nor critical thinking scores were significant. Graduation rate was 100%, with 158 students passing NCLEXRN on the first attempt, 64 of 83 at risk, and 94 of 100 non-at-risk. The CMM was effective in identification and support of at-risk students. Ewing, Unite, Franco, 
Ann Hickman. 2021, Evaluation of a Peer-Led Team Learning Course Designed to Increase Underprepared Students' Success in Engineering. Conference Proceedings of the ASEE 2921 Gulf Zero Southwest Annual Conference, Waco, Texas. Several years ago, the University of Texas at Arlington, Utah, and specifically the College of Engineering, created a first-year engineering course in order to address students' deficiencies in solving engineering-related problems. This class is called Engineering Problem Solving and teaches in-depth problem-solving methodology and programming in an active and collaborative environment shown to benefit the most diverse preparedness levels of student groups. Since its inception, however, students placed into pre-calculus instead of being calculus-ready have suffered from higher failure rates than any other student grouping. While Utah has devoted many studies to programs and techniques that aid these underprepared students, a few strategies have emerged as being most effective. These strategies, shown in previous papers, were the implementation of Supplemental Instruction, SI, separate sections devoted specifically to pre-calculus co-enrolled students, peer-based instruction, and active learning activities, as opposed to additional lectures. Therefore, in the fall 2020 semester, UTA combined all these strategies into a learning course, combining these best practices into a required learning lab with problem-based activities and studying practices. The goal is to aid in increasing this group's success rate in this class, which has been shown to increase student retention in the College of Engineering. The students engage in effective study habits and problem-based learning practices with a peer-led teaching learning PLTL, leader. What we have found is these practices, which will be shared in this paper, have taken the best parts of our previous effective strategies that have helped this particularly at-risk population. The students receive college credit hours, so they are able to spend the required amount of time studying the material and are guided by peers rather than their professors, encouraging more interactivity. This paper will show the effectiveness of this learning course by comparing success rates, defined as an A, B, or C in engineering problem solving, of the student group this semester, versus the other singular implementations from previous fall semesters. This paper will show that this learning course is even more effective in its forced implementation, lab learning, than the singular components for all students in the pre-calculus entry level. What we have found is these practices, which will be shared in this paper, have taken the best parts of our previous effective strategies that have helped this particularly at-risk population. The students receive college credit hours, so they are able to spend the required amount of time studying the material and are guided by peers rather than their professors, encouraging more interactivity. This paper will show the effectiveness of this learning course by comparing success rates, defined as an A, B, or C in engineering problem solving, of the student group this semester, versus the other singular implementations from previous fall semesters. This paper will show that this learning course is even more effective in its forced implementation, lab learning, than the singular components for all students in the pre-calculus entry level. Fleet 2017, The Relationship of Locus of Control and Social Learning on Academic Achievement in a Supplemental Instruction Program PhD Dissertation, Abilene Christian University, Abilene, Texas A large number of high school students entering college are arriving academically unprepared, Abilene Christian University's newly founded Bridge Scholars Program seeks to help and support academically at-risk students based upon low ACT SAT scores and low high school GPA averages. This research utilizes the Supplemental Instruction Program based upon Bandura's social learning theory as its academic intervention. The research questions are 1. How does supplemental instruction contribute to an at-risk student's college readiness, knowledge, skills, attitudes, behaviors, and strategies? 
And 2. Does a student's internal or external locus of control predict academic performance? A pretest and post-test using Rotter's 1966 internal-external locus of control scale measured students' overall academic confidence. Class test scores, class final grades, and semester GPA were used to measure supplemental instruction program effectiveness. Although locus of control proved insignificant, test scores, final class grade, and overall semester GPA indicate that the Bridge Scholars Program and supplemental instruction are highly effective interventions in better preparing at-risk students for the rigors of college-level academia. Fredrickson and Lindbergh 2014 does SI belong in lower secondary school? An exploratory pre-study in a Swedish socially challenged area. Supplemental Instruction Journal, 1, 1, 54-71. Supplemental instruction has worked very well in various settings all over the world. It should be of interest to see if SI works at earlier stages than tertiary education. There are examples of successful SI programs at upper secondary schools, but no reports from lower secondary schools. This study evaluates a pilot SI program in a 7th and a 9th grade class in a socially challenged area with regards to the general impression of SI, development of study strategies in general skills, motivation for further studies, and whether lower secondary school students would be interested to be SI leaders themselves, and, if so, why. Overall, questionnaires and student interviews indicate that SI seems to work in all evaluation areas. However, further extensive research is needed, and the authors suggest future areas to focus on. Ganter. 1991, Improving the Achievement of Minorities in Mathematics, a Formative Evaluation of a Community College Program, Dissertation, University of California, Santa Barbara, 1990. Dissertation Abstracts International, 52, 05, 1673. The following is a dissertation study from the University of California, Santa Barbara. By 1980, the interest for improving mathematics education at the post-secondary level had become so great that a committee was formed by NSF to discover the needs of the mathematics community, as seen by educators in the field. The results indicated that a lack of guidance in developing math courses has led to discontinuity and a general state of confusion for many math programs and for the students in them. The Professional Development Program, PDP, is one post-secondary program that has been developed and implemented across the country. This program was conceived by Yuri Traisman at UC Berkeley in response to the low completion rate of black students in freshman calculus. Traisman developed a workshop program that would provide peer support for minority students as well as other students in lower division undergraduate mathematics courses. Santa Barbara City College, SPCC, a two-year community college, implemented the workshops developed by Traisman during the 1989-90 school year in first semester pre-calculus. This study examined the initial implementation and effects of the SBCC program. The major goal was to examine the program's success in increasing the persistence and performance of students in mathematics. It also examined how well the program was implemented, since faulty implementation can jeopardize intended outcomes just as much as a faulty program design. In order to assess the degree to which the program was implemented, each student involved in the workshops was involved in a brief interview to attain student impressions of the workshops. In addition, weekly observations of the workshop sessions were made and compared to the UC Berkeley workshops. To assess student performance, comparisons were made between workshop and non-workshop students. These comparisons could not be made through random assignment, since students volunteered to participate in the workshops. Therefore, it was necessary to make comparisons that utilize matching, a within-subject design. 
The workshop effect on student performance was then obtained by comparing the student matches in five areas, attrition rates, attitudes toward math, course grades, scores on a post-test, and mathematical understanding as determined by individual interviews. Although the program appears to be successful at UC Berkeley, it was not true that this apparent success was easily transferable to a community college. The major difference in this new setting was that the program was working with an entirely different student population than would be found at most four-year institutions. Many students wanted to and did commit to the program only to find that the workshops were very difficult to attend on a regular basis because of job and family commitments. This greatly influenced the effectiveness of the program. Gardner, Mall, and Pike 2005, Active Learning in Mathematics, Using the Supplemental Instruction Model to Improve Student Success Conference Proceedings of the 2005 American Society for Engineering Education Annual Conference and Exposition, Portland, Oregon Boise State University, Boise, ID, adapted the Supplemental Instruction, SI, program for use in mathematics called Active Learning in Mathematics, OM. OM was used to support courses in pre-calculus and calculus 2 that serve as foundations for engineering programs. After starting as a program similar to the traditional SI model, OM has added some new features. Interact with students via internet discussion rooms in addition to face-to-face -face group sessions, extensive training throughout the academic term, and interactions between OM session facilitators and students via emails and phone calls. The results have been positive. While the academic preparation level of the entering students are lower than average, the academic achievement of the students is among the highest in the U.S. for engineering programs. Guinan. 1991, The Impact of Supplemental Instruction on the Academic Performance of At-Risk Students Masters of Arts in Education Thesis, Gratz College, Melrose Park, PA Hafer 2001, Supplemental Instruction in Freshman Composition Journal of Developmental Education, 24, 3, 30-32, 34, 36-37. In the past, supplemental instruction, SI, has been underutilized in freshman composition courses, particularly because of misperceptions regarding the nature of composition and the notion that the writing laboratory provides the only needed assistance programs. This article examines those assumptions and explores how success is measured in the composition classroom. It argues that the goals and method of freshman composition and SI are complementary. The conclusion outlines a pilot SI program, modified for a freshman composition classroom, that supports writing strategies and appropriate behaviors for students. Hardy 2013, Exploring Student Experiences in Developmental Education at a Four-Year Higher Education Institution PhD Dissertation, California State University in the United States, the most commonly used method for developing an incoming freshman's math and English skills is through remedial education courses. Depending on the four-year institution and the student's level of need, these remedial courses will be taught in conjunction with varying other forms of support programs, such as supplemental instruction, mandatory tutoring, and advising sessions. Once a student has taken a placement test to assess that level of need, he or she will then enter into college participating in developmental education. The purpose of this study was to explore student experiences participating in developmental education during their first year in college. This study gives voice to developmental education students' perceptions of their experiences in the first year, provides insight into how non-cognitive variables may aid in student persistence through their developmental education coursework, and examines the importance of students experiencing validation during their developmental education program. 
In this basic qualitative inquiry, interviews were used as a way to gain understanding into how students experience developmental education. The constant comparative method was employed as a way to gain deeper insight and meaning into each participant's shared experiences. The study sample contained 14, 12 female and 2 male students who had participated in three developmental education courses in their first year at Berkeley University, pseudonym, a large four-year public university in Southern California. Additional criteria for participants were that they must have completed all of the developmental education courses with a core better and enrolled in courses at Berkeley University for their second year. Since participants required three developmental education courses in their first year, they were subsequently part of the SUM Learning Community, SLC, pseudonym, a mandatory community that required participants to take their courses in a cohort model, participate in advising, supplemental instruction, and were provided with extra tutoring services. Five themes emerged from the data regarding how students experience their first year participating in developmental education coursework. A. Reflection, B. Connection, C. Before, D. During, and E. After. These themes were influenced by Laura Rendon's validation theory, along with William Sedlicek's concept of non-cognitive variables. Implications for developing a conceptual understanding of the relationship between validation and specific non-cognitive variables, and what this relationship may mean for students who participate in several developmental education courses, are also highlighted. Recommendations are given to faculty members, advisors, and higher education administration, with the goal of encouraging these stakeholders to understand the complexities of being a first-year college student who participates in several developmental education courses, and to understand how students may feel about membership to a learning community. This understanding would lead to an awareness of how various constituencies' behavior could influence a student's ability to successfully pass all coursework and persist to the next year.